Amen. Trouble is the name of the game for the Apostle Paul in today's reading from 2 Corinthians chapter 5. The great missionary is under fire. Against all odds, the Apostle Paul has founded a new congregation. A new congregation of disciples in the city of Corinth, Greece. And you have to remember, you have to keep this in your mind, that this is at the very start of the Christian movement. So this new little church in Corinth is just a little group of people meeting in each other's homes. The faith is brand new, and they face an uncertain future against the menacing backdrop of the Roman Empire. This is maybe 25 years after the resurrection of Jesus. And the Corinthians and Paul are in conflict. They're not getting along very well. In fact, some of them do not want Paul as their leader anymore. To make matters worse, these visiting teachers have showed up into town, and they are claiming that they, not Paul, are the authentic disciples. That they, not Paul, have the mandate to spread the mission of God's will in Corinth and beyond. And the apostle is upset by this. He's, he's personally pained. He feels like he's been betrayed by people that he enormously cares about. And so to defend his ministry, his reputation, to take a stand against these imposters who are making accusations against him, he later on in the letter, in chapter 11, he lists his resume of woes. All the tough stuff he has endured because of his ministry. It starts in the 11 chapter, verse 23. Here's what he says. Are they ministers of Christ? He's talking about the imposters. I am talking like a mad one. I am a better one with far greater labors, far more imprisonments, with countless floggings, and often near death. Five times I have received from the Jews the forty lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I received a stoning. Three times I was shipwrecked. For a night and a day I was adrift at sea. On frequent journeys in danger from rivers, danger from bandits, danger from my own people, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers and sisters, in toil and hardship, through many a sleepless night, hungry and thirsty, often without food, cold and naked. And besides other things, I am under daily pressure because of my anxiety for all of the churches. If you agree that that's a lot of hardship for one person to go through, say amen. That's a lot for like 20 people to go through. See, here's the thing. Paul could have remained a respectable guy. With a fair and honest job, he was a tent maker by profession. He was an esteemed and educated rabbi by education. He did not have to go through any of those hardships that he lived. He didn't have to do any of that. He signed up for it. Why? Trouble. Trouble is the name of the game for many Christians in the world today. In some places, as we speak, Christians are being murdered, martyred, killed. And they are being killed for no other reason than the fact that they identify themselves as disciples of Jesus. And in Europe, which was once the center of Christianity, 
those disciples of Jesus who are there, those Christians who are there, find themselves to be a tiny, tiny minority amongst us, a huge secular majority. And in our own country, many congregations are dwindling. And it's not unusual for younger Christians and older Christians alike to have people kind of get on their case. Why do you bother with all that organized religion stuff? I mean, how can you possibly believe in some of that crazy stuff those Christians and religious people believe? It's kind of hard to swallow. And university students who are Christian have their faith attacked on a regular basis, either from their fellow students, from professors, but definitely through many of the textbooks that they have to read through the course of their studies. And the big mantra we all hear today, you may have said it, you know people who say it, they say, I am spiritual, not religious. I am spiritual, not religious. So let's just get rid of the religious and move on with the spiritual. Sleep in on Sunday morning and fit spirituality into your own schedule according to your own convenience. That's kind of the trouble. That's kind of the word on the street that we hear on a regular basis. Raise your hand if you have ever received any negative feedback from someone because of your Christian faith. Ever, in your whole life. Any negative feedback because you're Christian. I see a few hands lifted up. Well, it happens. It happens. And actually, you better get used to it. Because over these next few years, and certainly the next decade of this new century, that will be a more regular occurrence for Christians to receive negative feedback because of their faith. Now, that does not excuse the sometimes wretched, anti-Jesus behavior of some Christians who rightly bring judgment upon themselves. <clears throat> but, troublemaking Christians aside, that is a lot of hardship for you and I to put up with. I mean, you and I could remain respectable people with fair and honest jobs, with friends and family, solid education, homes, all of that, without ever setting foot in the door of a church. In fact, we can live the rest of our lives without ever saying the word Jesus. And if we did that, if you and I did that, we would actually spare ourselves a lot of trouble, a lot of heartache, a lot of nonsense. I mean, after all, you do not have to go to church to get donuts. So why are you here? Why have you signed up for it? Or why should you, if you haven't made that decision yet, why should you sign up for it? The Apostle Paul tells us why he and his friends, his fellow disciples, signed up for all his hardships. He tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. Paul says very simply, For we walk by faith, not by sight. Repeat after me. For we walk by faith, not by sight. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Now before Paul became the great missionary of the early church, he was actually an enemy of Christ. Paul spent his time hunting Christians down, arresting them, and arranging for their execution, often by stoning Paul thought that the early Christian movement was a scam. He thought it was a perverse evil. 
And he dedicated his considerable energies to beating it down into a messy pulp until it would spasm and die. That's what Paul wanted. Of course, that changed on that journey. He was walking on the road to Damascus, and he encountered the risen Jesus in a vision. He met Jesus in a vision. And in that vision, he was struck blind. And for three days, he couldn't see, and on the third day, his sight was restored. And from that point forward, the Apostle Paul never saw the world the same again. He walked by faith, not by sight. What about you? What about you? This is a question for you. Why have you signed up for the adventure that is Christianity? First of all, if you think that Christianity is supposed to be a respectable, mild-mannered enterprise, free of danger and inconvenience and opposition, you have missed the flight. If you think that Christianity is a nice way to kind of get some nice morals and go about being a nice person, you have missed the flight. Newsflash, Jesus' message, his central message was not about being a nice person. Underline the red pen in your mind. Jesus' central message was not about being a nice person. Have you actually read any of the Gospels that talk about Jesus' life? He doesn't exactly strike me as a nice person in many ways. He slices down demons. He karate kicks sacred cows that people hold dear. He harps and harps and goes on and on about heaven, but he also goes on and on about hell. And he preaches a fierce love that over the centuries has torn families apart, toppled social oppression, and motivated women and men from the time of the Apostle Paul to this very moment to endure unspeakable hardships, torture, and death, all for the sake of carrying out the mission of doing God's will. So if you're here this morning out of habit, that's okay. If you're here because somebody forced you to be here, that's alright, that's how I started if you're here because you're curious about God, that's even better. If you're here because you've had an experience like Paul did, he saw something, he experienced something, and his life was never the same again, you are in the right place. If you want to see the world in a deeper and richer way, a world that is dripping with a thousand spiritual colors, a world that is rumbling with the sound of a thousand spiritual drums. And a world that smells fragrantly of a thousand spiritual flowers. And yes, you are in the right place. If you are wanting to follow Jesus and living out the fierce love of God, then welcome home. In the newspaper of everyday life, Jesus has an advertisement. And it says, Disciples wanted... Fierce love required. The Christian life is an invitation to walk by faith, not by sight. Amen? Christian life is an invitation to walk by faith, not by sight. Science is wonderful and glorious. 
And many of the earliest and best scientists were Christians, as are many are today. But the eternal shout of Christianity is that much of what life is about cannot be seen with the naked eye or under the lenses of a microscope. Through a gift of God, the Apostle Paul was able to see reality. He was able to see this world as it actually is. He was able to see the world more fully in all of its delightful beauty, its sorrowful ugliness, and in its dark rebellion against its Creator. Some of you have seen this world. Some of you see the fullness of what life is about, the depths of the reality. Because you have walked with Christ and His people for many long years. Now some of you have only gotten glimpses. You've only gotten little glimpses throughout the course of your life of the true reality, the true nature of things. Perhaps in a sunset. In the embrace of your lover. In the face of your child. Perhaps you've had some experience that you really can't describe or explain. But in it, you've gotten a little glimpse of true reality. Now, some of you have heard about the true nature of things, this deeper reality. And you haven't seen it, you don't think, but you want to. You're eager for it. You're jealous when you hear other people who say they've seen it. And you've asked God to show it to you. Be patient, my friends. God will show you. Now, others of you are sitting back going, I don't know, this sounds like a lot of mumbo-jumbo to me. You're like, I'm not sure about a lot of this stuff that Christians talk about. I'm not sure I buy that. You are also in the right place then. Because doubt is part of the journey of faith. Welcome to the flight. We'll be taking off in a few minutes. Walking by faith and not by sight is trusting in God's love even when your life is a mess. Walking by faith and not by sight is pushing yourself to do the right thing even when it's inconvenient. And I would guarantee for each one of you here this morning, this week, maybe this afternoon, you will have an opportunity to live out your faith, but it will be inconvenient. It will be inconvenient. Will you choose your faith or will you choose inconvenience? Walking by faith and not by sight is what allowed Paul, what motivated him to go through all of those hardships, all of those troubles. Walking by faith and not by sight is what Paul's answer was for why he kept at doing what he did for his ministry and his life as a Christian. And if you are willing to accept the free gift that God gives, offers it to each one of you, then walking by faith and not by sight will be what encourages you to go through those trouble periods, those mess, those dump piles that all have to go through at some point. And walking by faith and not by sight will also be your answer for why you have signed up and continue along the path of the adventure that is Christianity. Amen.